0: This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, Show 11.
1: You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited
2: from biggerpockets.com, your home for real estate investing online.
0: Hey, everybody. My name is Josh Dorkin. And I'm the host of the Bigger Pockets podcast here with my co-host, Brandon Turner. What's going on, Brandon? Hey, not much, Josh. I'm just uh, on a little
1: road trip across uh, the great state of California.
0: I know, I know. It uh, sounds like it's been a lot of fun. You've been doing some exciting stuff, seeing lots of cool pictures. So uh, congrats on the great trip. Hey, thanks. Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, we actually had a, a meetup uh, with
1: a, a bunch of bigger pockets people from Southern California, so a little shout out to them um, thanks everyone for showing up to that and those who couldn 't make it um, uh, you missed out
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe next time maybe next uh, time yeah no, that 's cool that 's cool yeah those meetups are great and and you know i I think one of the the coolest things about b p and and this will be my 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 quick tip for the day is you know if you 're if you're a local person, there's no great real estate groups or anything, set your own up, uh, make your own group, set up keyword alerts on bigger pockets for your location and get together with those local people and do meetups and get together because there's nothing like one on one networking. What do you think?
1: I would agree 100%. I've been meeting actually with a few people lately from my area. Uh, it's just fun to, to kind of bounce ideas off each other and learn more.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. My other quick tip. Actually, has to do with today's topic, which is the Bigger Pockets Ultimate Beginners Guide. Uh, is this fantastic beginners guide that we put together? Brandon and I worked for for months on this thing, and uh, you can find it at biggerpockets.com/ubg. You'll also find a link to it on the show notes at biggerpockets.com/show11. Uh, anyway, uh, that's my beautiful segue to the topic of today's show, which is. The Ultimate Beginners Podcast. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, so today we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, this beginners guide and getting started. Uh, so, uh, so so let let's do it. And and I just want to make a quick note. This this is the beginners podcast. However. If you are not a beginner, there's definitely going to be a lots of good, actionable information in here that you can learn from. So definitely be sure to check it out.
2: Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Deciding how to invest your capital can be extremely challenging, preferred return distributions for over 50 consecutive months, has not lost limited partner's capital, and has not called capital past the subscription amount.
0: And without further ado, I, I want to get started on this—the ultimate beginners podcast. So, Brandon, everybody gets started somewhere, right? We all we all have a start, and uh, ultimately, uh, before we get started, the one thing that we really need to make a decision on is why why invest in real estate. So, you know, let, let, let's talk about a couple of quick reasons why people tend to invest in real estate.
1: Sure. So. Uh- uh I know for me, you know, I I wanted financial freedom. Like that was the big thing. I thought that was great. Um I know some people do it for uh they want tax benefits. I know some people do it for leverage, they want appreciation, whatever. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons people invest. Um so definitely uh yeah, I mean, what's your reason? I guess that's the first thing you need to figure out is what are you trying to accomplish because if you don't know what your uh, end game looks like, you're not going to know how to even start. So I and think Of that's, course
0: that and that decision is a personal one. It is. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. I mean, there's no one reason that fits everybody and there's no one investing style that fits everyone. So, of course, you need to go through and figure out why you're doing it, right? Correct. hundred percent. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people wonder, they,
1: they see bigger pockets, people who work full time in this and they wonder, you know, do I have to work full time? So uh, what do you think, Josh? Do you have to work full time in real estate?
0: As an investor, well, no. I mean, you you can either be a full time real estate investor, or you can you can definitely do it on the side. Um, I, that's that's it's one of the big topics, and we actually did a podcast a couple of weeks ago with Arthur Garcia about uh, investing while working a full time job, and it was uh, thus far has been our most popular show. So, you know, I know this is this is really a, a popular topic. So, you know, you y- you definitely. Don't that was show six as Brandon is popping it up on the screen here, letting me know that was biggerpockets.com slash show six. Um, but no, <laughs> you, no, listen, I mean, you, you don't need to make real estate your career in order to build wealth in real estate. There's lots of things you can do. You can invest on the side. Uh, there certainly are advantages and disadvantages to both. Um, the the advantages of, of uh, investing while working, you know, if if you're keeping your day job, you've got cash coming in. Uh, from your job. So you can use that to reinvest into your investments and you can, of course, grow your portfolio more quickly. It's, uh, you've also got that stability of the job and you're not worrying where your next dollar is coming from. So you know, there's, there's definitely that peace of mind from having a job and the income that comes with having the job as well uh, helps you expand your portfolio more quickly.
1: Yeah, and definitely um one thing that's been helpful for me over the time is whenever I have a job, you know, I've gone on and off a few times, getting bank financing is so much easier when you have a job. I mean, yeah. imagine, yeah, walk into a bank and say, hey, I don't have any job or any income whatsoever. I need a loan. They're just going to laugh at you. Uh, but when you go in and say, hey, I got this income coming in every month, um, that's, I mean, people underestimate that power. Cause, Absolutely. Yeah, bank financing at three and a half, four and a half percent is so much better than paying a hard money lender. we'll get the hard money later but um yeah so definitely don't don't feel bad if you have to work a full-time job I always tell people do something you love to do if that if you're if your passion is flipping houses then you know maybe flip houses but you don't have to go full-time so
0: yeah yeah and they are all gonna laugh at you anyway Brandon they are gonna laugh at me anyway (laughs) that's all good (laughs) (laughs) but all right so so there's there's Definitely a, a lot of different ways that you can uh, invest in real estate while, while you keep your day job, including uh, partnering on a, a piece of property. You can you can actually serve as, as a private or hard money lender. Uh, you can invest in notes. Uh, you, you can do buy and hold property and actually ha- hire out property management. There's, there's definitely lots of options, and we'll get into those a little bit more. But the bottom line is ultimately uh, working a job is great. And and it does give you the opportunity to invest, and you do not have to be a full time investor, uh, as I think a lot of novices think uh, you do. There's there's certainly opportunity, and and I'm assuming we're we're totally in full agreement here. Yeah,
1: one hundred percent. So,
0: one hundred percent. Yes.
1: <laughs> um. Well, well, go
0: ahead, Brandon. Let's, let's move about, on to a yeah. great
1: topic here. Yeah, let's talk about gurus a little bit. They're a popular topic on Bigger Pockets. They are indeed. So uh I actually got started. I mean, one very, very early, the thing that got me like intrigued by real estate was actually watching late night TV, you know, trying to sleep. And you'd you'd see the commercials, you'd see the flipping shows. Um and, and the gurus, they they do motivate. I mean, they get you fired up when they're sitting in their convertible with two women beside them and driving down, you know, the fast lane to freedom or whatever they want to call it and absolutely uh, absolutely yeah, it's motivating and i know i would say 90% of people out there are probably we started by seeing that image and thinking well that looks cool you know i want that car
0: yeah <laughs> no definitely definitely well and and i think look bigger pockets got started partially I I I will tell you that you know when when I first started investing, I learned from I didn't learn, but I was I was uh, given a a course from one of these guys, and and I looked it through really quickly and was like, okay, got it, cool, that's great, moving on. Um, And you know, here's here's the thing. Okay, a lot of people think I'm this deathly anti-guru guy, and 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 bigger pockets is totally anti-guru, and you know, here's the deal. What we kind of stand for is that people can get through this and can help one another and succeed without paying somebody thousands and thousands of dollars and giving away, you know, their life, half their life, and their firstborn to to some guru who is literally in the business of upselling them and upselling them to the next thing. Uh, You know, most of these guys, I'm not going to say all of them, but these guys their business is to sell you and to sell you more and more product and to to get you into these funnels where you're just buying and buying and buying and you know ultimately i believe that instead of spending 10 20 30 50,000 on on some guru uh, whose job is to sell you products you can take that money and actually invest it in real estate and 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 so you know it that that's kind of where where the line is we, we like people to know and understand that you know the gurus their their goal is to sell you and we we just want to make that clear um and and really quickly i you know just going to talk about them and and clubs and things like that um a lot of real estate clubs and and websites and things like that who who are promoting gurus they make money by selling these products as well so you know you'll get approached by by somebody and they'll say hey listen i have got this great product i'm going to sell to you and we'll give you 50% of everything or i've got a great boot camp and we'll give you 50% well so you're incentivized by promoting that stuff and selling that stuff there's a lot of real estate clubs and groups who make their money by just promoting and selling that so even if the quality of the stuff isn't good your your incentive is well i can make a ton of money by pitching it and promoting it and and so that's why there's so many people pushing this stuff the quality there's some of this stuff might be good and a lot of people do need that personal attention so we're not saying it's not for everyone it works for some people it certainly does And, and, uh, we just want people to be aware and be careful, uh, before they go and spend their money and do your research and due diligence because certainly folks can, can learn and be successful after spending a little bit of money on these gurus. But, uh, you know, I truly believe that most people don't need it. There's other ways to go. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in education. So well, Speaking of money, um, let, let's move real quick over to do you have to have money to
1: invest in real estate? I mean, the gurus, uh, the late night guys I used to see, I mean, it was, you know, no money down investing. So um, that's a question a lot of people come because they don't have money. That's why they want to invest in real estate because they want to make money. Um, so the question is, do you need money to invest in real estate? And, uh, you know, my answer would just be you have to have there has to be money involved to invest in real estate. That doesn't have to be your own money, though. No money down just means none of your own money down. So there are all different ways to do it. I mean, wholesaling um, uses you know little money. You might use market you know marketing dollars, but you can use partners. There's lease option strategies. Uh, you can use low down things like an FHA loan, uh, home equity loans, lines of credit, private hard money. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can go. So.
0: USDA VA loans lots yeah, yeah. of uh, government insured uh, loans and buy multi multi-family properties where you can live live in the properties there's lots of cool things that you can do with little little money. Yeah, and I mean even more than that even if you don't have money you can
2: go
1: work in the real estate investing field and uh, you could be a real estate agent, you could be a construction worker, uh, you could just be a uh, temp working at a uh, you know, real estate company. There's a lot of different jobs that are in the field that can give you experience, they can give you the contacts you need. Uh, they help you teach the business and you're making money while doing it. So you don't have to necessarily quit your job today and go and be a house flipper or go and be a wholesaler. Um there are ways if you don't have any money that you can uh, start saving that money by having a job in the field. So
0: And and the beauty of that is is of course you're learning the trade while you're at it, right? So yep. so if you're an agent or a pro, uh, you know, a project manager or more mortgage broker, you name it. You know, you're getting first hand experience in in the industry, so you're you're learning what it's all about you're you're building your contacts as brandon said and and you're really expanding your your knowledge base so ultimately you can start investing at some point thereafter
1: and that's a hard pill to swallow for people, I think because you know they want the get rich quick thing they want to be making money right now, and I don't want to have a job for two more years to learn the business I want to be making you know six figures this month and uh yeah, definitely, real estate is not a get rich quick scheme. I mean, there are people who have done it. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie; there are people who have made millions of dollars, you know, a year. But that is not the rule. That's definitely the exception.
0: Yeah, especially for the new people. I mean, yeah. the the you know again, and and I'll be done harping on this in a second here. I mean, the the <laughs> the, whole, the, the get rich quicky stuff. I mean, real estate takes time. It takes patience. You know, you really, it, it takes planning in particular. You really, really want to want to plan and map stuff out. So, you know, don't don't get into real estate. If you think you're going to get rich tomorrow, yeah, I, you know, stop listing, c- close your account on our site, and, <laughs> and go find something else to do because you're not going to get rich being a real estate investor in three months, six months. It's not going to happen. I don't care what any guru tells you. It's just not going to happen. Uh, on the other hand, if you do want to build, build up a, a portfolio, if you want to build up long-term wealth, and if you want to do it uh, slowly and methodically, and you want to do it right, then it's absolutely a great way to make money. Just like investing in the market, if you do it appropriately, uh, you're, you're going to do well. So it's not again. Take your time. Do not rush it because doing that is just a quick way to get yourself in trouble. Real estate is not a get-rich-quick scheme. Let's say it together, Brandon. Not <laughs> oh, get-rich-quick yeah, <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> uh,
0: how, However, it, it doesn't necessarily either. It's
1: not like it's going to take you 50, 60, 70 years to right. make money in real estate. So, uh, I mean, if you're smart about it, like, I don't believe it takes, it's not going to take you two or three decades to get into it. If you're smart, which is uh, what we're talking about today, then you can get into it, you know in, I mean, I like to think I don't want to throw numbers out there necessarily, but in a shorter period of time, you should be able to, you know, find uh, at least a career, if not uh, financial freedom. So, so speaking of being smart, um, why don't we talk about education? Why don't we talk about education? So, how
0: about that? (laughs) Yeah, that is
1: actually chapter two of the ultimate beginner's guide. So, uh, let's talk about uh, your real estate investing education.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I guess the first and foremost thing is, you know, how do you, how do you learn? How do you get educated? How do you find out about real estate investing? Well, for one, you keep listening to our podcast. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Number 2, Ultimate Beginner's Guide, check it out. Yep. UBG. Yep. UBG in the house. Uh of course, check out BiggerPockets. That's that's another source. Um beyond that, there's there's the the basics, you know, you got you got your books bookstores uh have tons of books there's free ebooks there's things on the kindle uh, audible.com you could listen to audiobooks bigger uh, blogs are an incredible source for uh real estate investing and uh knowledge the bigger pockets blog and we'll have links to it has uh, i think it's over 4000 articles now yeah it's crazy uh, to help you learn uh, there's tons of other great blogs and and uh, you could learn a ton from them. Uh, mentors is another great way to, to get an education. Uh, as I said before, podcasts. Ours is, ours is one that we definitely want you to listen to, but there are certainly others out there. If you go to iTunes, you can find uh, other real estate podcasts to listen to. Um, so there's, there's definitely a lot of sources of information. Is there anything I'm forgetting here? Mm, I'm sure we are, but uh, that's all right. We got only
1: an hour show. So uh, how about we go to something that everyone loves and that's math because math is fun, right? I actually used to be the uh, the president or co-captain of my high school math league where we actually did math for fun.
0: He's got a pocket protector, guys. <laughs> uh, he's wearing one right now. I'm watching him on the video. <laughs> and this guy, Brandon's got the geek protector. He's that's a, got that's the a pen. cell phone. It's a cell phone. Uh, okay, call it what you will. <laughs>
1: all right, so there's there's a few really simple math things we're going to go over. First of all, uh, this is really basic. Income is the money that you get. So you rent a unit for you know thousand dollars a month, and they pay twenty five for the garage. That's a thousand twenty five. Real simple. Thousand twenty five is the income that you're making. Correct, that's the income. Yes. Um, next is expenses. Those are the things that cost you money. So uh, if you've got a garbage bill for fifty bucks a month, or if you've got a loan from the bank for five hundred, those are expenses.
0: Electric bill, water bill. Yep. Uh, you, you name it. You know, tree maintenance, tree Vac- trimming, vacancy, lawn, vacancy, property evictions, management, lawyers. Yeah. Yes, that all adds up, and they're all expenses. Even evictions. Uh, and, and the vacancies. I mean, the vacancies, yep. a lot of newbies don't calculate. Uh, you got you to gotta put that into your formulas when you're, when you're uh, figuring out your expenses. So Definitely. So then here comes the complicated math. We got cash
1: flow. Cash flow is just how much money left over in your pocket when the month is over. Um, so basically you take your total income minus your total expenses. And that's your cash flow. and remember, expenses aren't just the actual expenses that, that happen to occur. they could be the ones that you're planning for like vacancies. So we don't harp on that too much, but
0: make sure you're keeping uh, into account. So if you're not keeping those into account, that's that's probably one of the biggest ways that, that newer investors find themselves in trouble. They don't plan for capital expenses, you know a, a new roof or a new boiler, water heaters, things like that. You definitely want to, to plan for that stuff ahead of time.
1: For sure. Hey, I want to go back real quick. Something you mentioned earlier that we should touch on—that's real estate mentors. Um, and you know, we talked about gurus before, uh, but mentors are a little bit different in the way that we uh, refer to them on Bigger Pockets. I like to think of them as a guy that you could, you know, take out the coffee. They're they're local guys usually. Um, not, I mean, you might not be able to find one, but maybe you haven't looked hard enough. Um, I mean, I have a mentor. Uh, I would actually love to have him on the podcast sometime. He's an investor in my area. He taught me a ton of stuff. And, um, just a really good guy. And we sit down for coffee, we help each other out. We look after each other's properties when we're gone on vacation. Um, it's really like a, it's a valuable relationship to have. So definitely, definitely look into finding mentors.
0: Yeah. And, and I, th- I think that's, that's a good point. And we kind of skipped through it really quickly, but yeah, you know, I think the most important thing about a mentor is it's somebody who's local, who's successful, yep. who has the time and and interest to, to help you out. You know, they're going to help you out. They're going to, They're going to hold your hand when you need help, and frankly, you could go and sit down with them, and you know they they may charge you x amount of money, or they may not. A lot of mentors will do it for free, yeah, because they know that you're going to bring them value back at some point by potentially giving them deals, partnering, things like that.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people actually, you know, they 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 complain, oh, I can't find any mentor or anything like that. But I mean, honestly, the bigger pockets forum is a mentor in itself. I mean, like, I mean, if you think about what a mentor does, I mean, what do they do? You sit down with them, you tell them your problems, you ask they answer them to answer your questions. <laughs> yeah. You you say what do you think about this deal? They tell you what they think about it. Uh they I mean the mar- I mean the forums is a mentor and it's the the world's best mentor. So um if you don't have one in your local area, I mean, dive into bigger pockets. There's investors there that just they're hungry for somebody that they can just share their knowledge with. I mean, we've got some of the mo- like smartest people on the planet when it comes to real estate investing and they're willing for free to just answer questions day and night on the forum. So definitely, definitely take advantage of that.
0: Biggerpockets.com slash forums and there'll be a yes. link on the, on the show notes. And uh, anyway... There, yeah, it's a great place to go. But let, let's get back to the numbers, man. Where we were talking about income expenses. Uh, now, let's. I think we're at a return on investment. What's that, Brandon? Yeah, return on investment. That's a way of kind of comparing apples to apples instead of trying
1: to compare apples to oranges. So, if you talk to a stock person, they say, "Well, I made a, you know, twelve percent return on investment." Um, that's what return on investment is. And basically, you just figure out how much cash flow you ended up with. Um, over the course of a year and divide that into the, the amount of money you put into the deal. So if you ended up with, you know, if you made $1,000 this year in cash flow and you have $10,000 invested in the property, this is real prelimina- preliminary. I mean, this is real simple, but you basically made a 10% return on investment. So, I mean, it's, that, that's really the basic, Um, again, it can get a lot more complicated than that. That's real basic. But just so you understand, that's how you calculate uh, how much, your return on investment is.
0: It's what you. It's what percentage you're going to make back on on the amount of money that you put in. Yep, simple as that. So, um, and, and, and for for more details, definitely check out chapter two of the Ultimate Beginners Guide.
1: Yeah, and there's there's a lot of good stuff on all over bigger pockets for figuring that math stuff out. So don't worry too much. In fact, don't don't be afraid of it. And speaking of fear, if you like that transition, the next section actually we're going to talk about is fear. Uh, a lot of people are freaked out over, um. Jumping into real estate investing. I mean, you, people get afraid. They 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 get overwhelmed. I mean, they go to bigger pockets and they see, you know, five hundred thousand forum posts, and they get overwhelmed and they just don't do anything. So, um, in the UBG, the Ultimate Beginner's Guide, we talk about six steps to help you overcome fear, and we're just going to talk real quickly about them. So, Josh, step number one: get off your duff. Very good. Just do something. Step number yep. two is commit commit yeah stop buying crap you don't need i mean just jump into it and do something
0: you said crap
1: (laughs) 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 step number three
0: start participating
1: start participating yeah you i mean don't complain you can't find uh you know a mentor like i said earlier if you're not jumping into the thing stop complaining that you can't find it start participating start joining your local groups and clubs and hanging out call people
0: Yep, and 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 as Brandon talked about before, get on those forums and ask questions, interact, introduce yourself to people. By doing that, you you know a lot of people are afraid to. But what you don't, and they say, "Hey, I'm I'm new, and and you know what do I know? Well, if you're not saying anything, nobody's seeing you. So by engaging and being active and participating, particularly on Bigger Pockets on our site, uh, you'll find that you're making a lot more contacts, meeting new people, building your network. So start participating, and with that. Step number four is learn
1: the lingo. Correct. It's not that complicated. You'll pick it up just hanging out in the forums, but uh, definitely learn the lingo. Because if you start talking to somebody and you don't know what you're talking about, everyone's going to know it and you're just going to look like an idiot. So learn the lingo.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right. Number five. Learn the concepts. All right. Yeah. So that's what you're doing today. You're learning the beginner basic concepts of real estate. So and number six.
0: Watch others
1: very good so we're gonna watch how other investors do it the successful ones
0: yes assimilation you are uh, like kind of like the borg huh a little, little star trek <laughs> stuff. No. yeah no no i, I don't okay.
1: i don't follow your trekkie
0: Um, oh, man all right for all my trekkies listening you guys know the borg assimilation
1: you hear the silence
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay moving on
1: right, analysis paralysis um, is a term that people use a lot of times it basically means you're too afraid to move uh, and the way that i overcome this and i like to talk about it is um, from a book called getting things done by david allen uh, we'll have a link to that in the show notes really really good book on productivity and the thing he talks about is always know what your next actionable step is so figure out i mean if if you feel like you're frozen don't know what to move you don't need to know how to do everything, just figure out your next step. Does that mean picking up the phone? Does that mean creating a profile on BiggerPockets? Does that mean calling a real estate agent and asking to look at a house? Like just figure out one step and just do one step at a time.
0: Yeah, and and I think a big part of getting over the paralysis analysis is to have a plan and we'll we'll get into that in a little bit.
1: Yeah. So definitely. All
0: right, let's go on to
1: how about chapter three, uh, chapter three, which is uh, one of my favorite chapters in the UBG, because I really like the way that this kind of comes together. And I never thought about it in terms of this until we were uh, you and I, Josh, were putting together the UBG niches and strategies. So life
0: is like a box of chocolates. Life is
1: like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Wait, so (laughs) the reason we talked about that is because, you know, when you open up a box of chocolates, there's like 50 amazing looking chocolate things in there. And you grab one and you're like, this looks really good. And you bite into it. And it's like that nasty raspberry one, which I don't know why they put in there. That's actually the best
0: chocolate in the box, by by the way. (laughs) That and the coconut though that's the worst one in the box are you, what? Are you serious are you kidding me no oh, man the coconut and the raspberry Ew. are amazing coconut's
1: disgusting <laughs> this guy has no taste clearly uh, no the, the caramel or the caramel if you're in a state that says caramel <laughs> the, the, the caramel is the best
0: caramel so anyway is a city that you drove through i think on your way down that uh, is through, through socal
1: <laughs> it is also the name of the best chocolate so <laughs> basically you don't know i mean there's a ton of different types And not everyone clearly likes the same kind. Um, Real estate's the same way. I mean, I really like small multifamily properties. I like landlording. I enjoy that part of things. But uh, not everyone does. And uh, that's my niche. I I like small multifamily. So really what it comes down to is choosing a niche that you like and then choosing a strategy that'll go with that. So let's go over the niches real quick first and just list those off. And then we'll go over the different strategies you can use.
0: Absolutely. All right. So first niche, Brandon, is raw land. So raw land is basically nothing more than basic earth. It's, it's, it's raw it's land. Just, it's raw land. Land <laughs> is land is land. And you could do a lot of things with it. You could subdivide it. You can uh, improve it in various ways to add value. You could lease it out. Uh, so raw land is, is our first uh, type. What's, what's the next type, Brandon? A single family homes. Single-family homes are probably the most common investment out there for, for newer investors. And, and the, uh, our friends, the, the mutual funds, are now starting to scoop those, those puppies up. But yes. single-family homes, are, they're easy to rent, they're easy to sell, uh, they're easy to finance, and uh, you know, easy to rent out. So uh, single-family homes would be our next, uh, next one. All right number three is uh near and dear to my heart it
1: is duplex triplex and quads those are small multifamily properties um you know what those are I mean they're the duplexes triplexes, and fourplexes so brilliant brilliant yes yeah
0: what's the benefit of a duplex triplex and a quad brandon why are they different than than the next size
1: up well, I like them because you can finance them easily I meaning you can go to a bank and uh you can get them. I mean, a bank is looks at them just like they're a regular house. A bank doesn't look at a fourplex any different really than a single family. So they're easy to finance. Um, they're pretty common in most areas. You can find them and they're not real popular. So the competition, it usually isn't quite as fierce.
0: However, if you move to that 5 all of a sudden, or small apartments, which is our, our, our yep. next type, uh, now suddenly things change, correct? Correct. And I, I do, I love small apartments as well.
1: Um, I have a small apartment. I love it. Um, but it is much more difficult to find financing for. But that also cuts out the competition. So, you know, small apartments can, I mean, there's really no definitive line, but I like to think of it around 50 units maybe. Uh, so you could have a five unit up to fifty. Up to fifty, yeah. yeah that's how yeah. I kind of define it. But and you get MBA- bigger. Than,
0: oh, go ahead. Was, see, I'm sorry. Well,
1: yeah. So bigger than that, you get the large apartments. Those are the ones that
0: someday I would love to work in. Those are the big things. But but the the big thing about these these uh these small apartments and the large apartments and everything thereafter is uh, instead of being priced based on comps. Uh, these things are valued uh, based upon the income that they, they bring in. So yeah. uh, you, we're not going to be talking apples to apples when you just compare sizes and locations and amenities. You're really going to judge the value and the price of these properties based upon the income that they bring in.
1: Yeah, which is why I, I another reason I love them so much is because you can add some income. I mean, let's say there was a fourplex and you can turn it into a fiveplex, or there's a 20 unit and you can turn it into 22, or you can rent out the garages. Then you can... Uh, yeah you can definitely increase the the property value just by increasing the income or by decreasing the expenses if you find out that there's a water leak that's been going for years so yeah it's a uh,
0: yeah and we, we cool. actually we actually talk about that a little bit in one of our previous podcasts with Al Williams uh reducing your your uh expenses yes okay and then the next next category we're we're looking at uh beyond the uh large apartments are REITs uh REIT stand for real estate investment trusts and if you want to think about a REIT, think of it like a mutual fund to a stock. Essentially, uh, investors uh, can, can buy shares of a REIT. And what REITs do is they go out and they buy properties of pretty much any any type. And the goal of the REIT is is to, is to create income and generate cash flow and appreciation. And uh, the, the beauty of a REIT is uh, they're mandated by law to, to pay out at least 90% of their uh, pre-tax income, I believe it is. Oh, look uh, at you. In the form of dividends. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's nice because REITs tend to pay out uh, decent dividends. And, and ultimately, the good ones, you know, you'll start to see some appreciation as well. So, REITs are kind of an easy way to get into real estate while, you know, almost like investing in, in stocks and bonds and stocks and mutual funds. So, uh, those are REITs. Cool. All right. And uh, the next one
1: we want to touch on is commercial, which we uh, dealt with a little bit with Frank Gallinelli uh, in podcast number two, I believe Uh, it was. It was one of those. Well, well, it's 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 on there. All All right. right. So, So, (laughs) So commercial property is just, you know, it's the grocery store down the street or the Starbucks building, not the business itself, but the building that it's in or... Um, office buildings, office commercial, buildings. industrial, you name yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's definitely a huge area. Uh, I I generally don't recommend that beginners get started in commercial unless they've got a lot of money. It's not something that you want to play around with like you might mobile homes, uh,
0: which we'll talk about here in a second. Right, mobile homes. Mobile homes uh, you can get <laughs> into with little money out of pocket. Uh, you you can either buy the home itself or... or uh, you can buy the uh, the home attached to to the land at, at, as well, but mobile homes tend to be uh, you know much less expensive. Uh, I'd say they're probably the the least expensive class of of real estate outside of potentially raw land. Um, uh, yeah, or or yeah, yeah, it's kind of a toss up, I guess. You know, it depends on what you're looking at here, but you know, mobile homes are. Uh, yeah, they're found all over the place. They're 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 uh, you you know you can find them in Malibu. Even Brandon on your road trip, you'll you'll pass actually the I believe it's the most valuable mobile home park in the country. I think it is. I might be really wrong. Really interesting. But there's there's a mobile home park right off of the PCH in Malibu, overlooking the water. It's uh it's gorgeous and it's yeah it's a mobile home park. Well, I know where I'm retiring now. <laughs> 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 all right. So the next one is.
1: Uh, this is the one that you might see on late-night TV a lot, and that is tax liens. What are tax liens, Brandon? <laughs> tax liens are they're, when people don't pay their taxes, the uh, government is going to come down hard on them and they're going to take their property. And then the government is going to sell uh, a lien on their property for the amount that the taxes are owed. That's why you see on TV sometimes they say you can buy houses for pennies on the dollar. Pennies, pennies, pennies on the yep. dollar. And I bought this house for $132.17. That's usually what they're talking about is tax lien sales. Um, there definitely is money to be made, and we're definitely going to do a, a podcast on it sometime, I hope. So uh, we'll get more into that someday in the future. But there are some smart guys on Bigger Pockets that do just tax liens, and they're really smart. So check them out.
0: Yes, speaking of smarts, uh, notes is another way to make money in real estate. And what exactly is a note? Okay, well, I will give an example. So when
1: I bought my apartment complex, I bought it using seller financing, which means the sellers, um, they actually carried the note. They created, instead of me paying a bank, I pay them every month. So we created a note, we signed a piece of paper saying I owe them this much money uh, over this many years now that piece of paper that note some people invest in those they buy and sell them just like they sell and buy houses So uh, definitely um, check out lately. There's been a lot of really good articles on the bigger pockets blog All about buying and selling notes really really fascinating stuff that I actually don't know much about um, But I really enjoy reading those things because I think that's a, a way to passively invest in real estate is by investing in notes So uh,
0: absolutely That's absolutely. Yeah, so we'll,
1: we'll put a link to a few of those in the show notes as well at biggerpockets.com slash show 11.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So we, we've now looked at various uh, ways, various uh, property types and things that you can uh, in, invest in. Now, now let's talk a little bit about, um, now that we've, we've covered uh, these different vehicles, uh, let's look at uh, some of the, the, the niches are the investment niches. Um, and the first, and I'd say the most uh, popular one, is buy and hold. And buy and hold is pretty much you know you're you're buying property you're holding on and you're collecting uh, you're collecting revenue from it whether it's commercial residential you can do it small apartments big apartments those are all buy and hold and and that's it's it's probably the most common strategy that I think people uh, are familiar with and of and probably course probably
1: the most secure too you know like you can just hold it forever and eventually it'll probably be good i mean like most people don't lose big if you buy smart and buy and hold
0: well, the key is to buy smart and to know yep. your entry point, and and to understand and and have a, have a grasp on how to manage a property, how to handle it, and how to take care of it. Because if you do that wrong, you you actually could lose a lot of money. Yes, so. yes, you could, and and people do if they buy in the wrong time in the market when the market's down,
1: you can lose a lot. So, um, one of the more fun ways to invest in real estate uh, that we see on TV a lot is that's flipping real estate. I love flipping flipping doesn't always love me because my neighborhood is not the world's best for flipping but I love flipping it's super fun uh, it's when you take an ugly house and you make it look good and then you sell it
0: yeah and and flipping you know you see it all, all those shows on television about flipping houses and things like that uh, the the key to, to flipping a house is, is really understanding your acquisition costs your rehab costs your your renovation costs um, and having that exit strategy ready to ready to get out of the house Um but since we're talking about flipping, uh gonna have to give a plug here. Bigger Pockets just recently released our first book. Um, and in fact, we actually released two books. Uh, the uh, the book on flipping houses is the title of one book, and the other is the book on estimating rehab costs. And uh, the, these books are 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 really, really incredible. They are probably the best books that you can find on the topics, and uh, you can find them at BiggerPockets.com/slash flipping book. Uh, But uh, if you want to know anything from soup to nuts on flipping houses, uh, these things are are insanely valuable. And again, biggerpockets.com slash flipping book. Check them out. Soup to
1: nuts. Is that a phrase?
0: That uh, that is a phrase if you live somewhere out of the boonies, Brandon. <laughs>
1: all right, well let's let's go on soup. To maybe nuts. it's a Seinfeld <laughs> thing, man. Soup to nuts, man. May, maybe that's funny. I'd never heard that before. No, I'm Whoa. sure everyone at home is laughing right now, thinking I say that all the time. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. All right. Well, let's go yeah, on. Okay. <laughs> all right. I, I am new. I don't know these. F- inner city phrases or whatever you call them all right
0: wholesaling i'm I'm, I'm just a caveman (laughs) (laughs) exactly all right
2: you've heard us talk about it before high interest rates are crushing real estate investors leaving even some of the best investors in need of funding now but with today's liquidity crisis who can fill the demand with fundrise slash pockets. This is a paid endorsement for Fundrise. Past performance is not indicative of future results. All investments can lead to loss. Every lender loves to talk about how easy it is to get a mortgage. Then when it's time to fund your next deal, they ask for your full financials, your blood type, your mother's famous spaghetti recipe, and a map to the fountain of youth. Sound familiar? You got all that handy, right? Why not switch to a lender who actually makes qualifying for a loan easy? A lender like Host Financial. Post-financial takes the tedious tax returns, endless W-2s, and time-consuming financial requests out of the picture. Their light dock and common sense underwriting guidelines mean frictionless transactions every time. You'll even be able to use the actual or projected income of the short-term or long-term rental you're looking to purchase or pull equity out of. That's what lending built for investors looks like. So take the next step and grow your portfolio faster. Visit hostfinancial.com to request a quote in as fast as 60 seconds, which is faster than this ad. If not, it's pretty close. That's hostfinancial.com. Again, that's hostfinancial.com. Are you about to sell a property? Wait like 60 seconds because this could save you thousands. Our friends at 1031 Pros have saved their clients more than half a billion dollars, with a B, in taxes with 1031 Tax Deferred Exchanges. With the 1031 exchange, you can say goodbye to the huge capital gains taxes when selling and roll your property's profit into another investment that could make you even more. Whether you're an individual investor, part of a larger group, or a title or real estate agent, 1031 Pros is ready to help. Trust me, I've done 1031 exchanges on multiple properties before, and it has saved me tens of thousands in taxes, if not more. With over 30 years of experience, 1031 Pros has handled over 20,000 audit-free exchanges. And they specialize in all types of exchanges: delayed, simultaneous, reverse, and improvement exchanges in all 50 states. And right now, Bigger Pockets listeners can get $250 off any exchange by visiting my1031Pros.com/BP. That's my1031Pros.com/BP to get $250 off today. Oh, and make sure to mention Bigger Pockets when you call. They take care of our people over there. Wholesaling real estate, that is
1: a very popular thing, especially for new beginners. Uh, That is the process of finding these amazing deals, putting them under contract and then selling that contract to usually a house flipper or a landlord and they end up buying it. So really you just become the middleman and you can make anywhere between, I mean, 500 to 5,000 is probably average, but really it's whatever you make it, uh, you find a better deal and you're going to make more money. Uh, and there's a lot of different ways to do that, and uh, we're going to talk more about that
0: in upcoming podcasts. But and re- really quickly, you know, the, we, the 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 flipping and the wholesaling, these are two strategies that are fairly difficult to do while you're working a full-time job. Since we mentioned that earlier, yeah. they really are more of a job t- in in themselves. I mean, if if you're going to make money wholesaling, you you really need to kind of commit to it, and and I'd say the same with flipping. Would you agree with that? I would. I mean, you
1: could definitely, you might be able to flip one house uh, or two houses, you know, uh, with a job, you know, if you have a really good system set up. And that's one thing Jay Scott talked about last week on the podcast, or was it two weeks ago? Yeah, whenever it was. Whenever it was. It whenever was, it was. Anyway. Yeah, so it was Jay last Scott week. Talked, Showtime, I think. Yeah, I think so. So that's one thing Jay talked about was how he's automating his business so that he can flip... I mean, several houses every month, um, and he's got a system down. And I know Brian Burke talked about that as well uh, in episode three, I think it was. And uh, so, it definitely can be done if you have a job. You can maybe flip a house or two, but you're not going to create a real busy business if you've got a job. So, uh, right, definitely. and
0: and uh, and we do cover uh, the the system as systemization of of uh, a flipping business in in the flipping book. So, yeah, uh, the book on flipping houses uh... so definitely check that out well let's move on man because we are quickly running out of time unbelievable let's uh... let's jump to chapter four here jump to four chapter four uh... is creating your investment investing uh... business plan so let's start with creating your your plan basically your business plan is going to be your roadmap for your business and uh... it, it needs to include a couple important things your mission statement which is you know what do you do uh, what's what's your company all about and why you're why you're in real estate really uh... your goals which is where do you want to go what do you uh... what do you want real estate to do to help you to achieve um, you know whether it's uh, making x amount of dollars a month in passive income or or you know to retire in four years or whatever it is those will be your goals after that we've got your strategy
1: correct you gotta know how you're actually gonna make the money in real estate. And we talked about that a little bit uh, earlier. Um, is it gonna be wholesaling, flipping, whatever. Uh, next, you got time frame. Uh, how long do you want until you reach your goal? Are you gonna buy and sell houses every 10 years or are you gonna buy and sell a house every month? Uh, you really gotta know that. Uh, next, you gotta know your market. You gotta know what kind of uh, area, you high income, low income, commercial
0: area, whatever. So know your market. Yes, of course. And then there's there's your criteria. Uh, which are going to be uh, you know uh, your your cash flow requirements, your purchase amounts uh, how much how much cash flow you need to get out of it uh, essentially you need to set your 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 purchase criteria and and you 've got to stick to it it 's essentially you know if you've if you've watched these auction shows on television, you see them uh, you know always whispering before the the whole <laughs> uh, storage wars and all that that stuff you know they 're like well i don 't go above a thousand dollars because you know we 'll probably not come out of it ahead of it. So it's it's the same thing. When you buy a property, uh, you need to get in with with your your purchase criteria, and you do not want to get emotionally attached, and you don't want to start you know jumping above the price that you set ab- beforehand. Because if you do that, you can very quickly find yourself in trouble thereafter. Uh, which uh, brings me to the next thing, which is your marketing plan. Which is how are you going to find your deals? Uh, how are you going to, um, you know, uh, how are you going to get uh, the, these these discounted opportunities, which you could then uh, rent out, which you can then flip, wholesale, you name it. So, having a marketing plan is extremely important. It is, and uh, also
1: equally important is how are you actually going to pay for it. So, if you don't have the money sitting in a checking account, you need to know uh, what do you plan on doing. So, um, next, how are you going to actually do your deals? Uh, you know, define the steps, like step one, I'm going to do this, step two, I'm going to do this, and have several exit strategies in place. So that way, if something goes wrong, you're covered. I mean, that's one of the things that hard many lenders are going to want to know, or any lender, really. If you don't have a, multiple exit strategies, you're in trouble. Uh,
0: yeah. So, Which brings us to Teams and systems, which we we pretty much covered earlier. Uh, y- if you can uh, automate and build out systems to help you uh, manage your 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 deal flow and, and your business, it's going to be extremely important. Of course, having a strong team, uh, having CPAs, attorneys, and 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 agents, and and whoever else you need on your team is going to be extremely important. We'll get into that in a little bit. Brandon already talked about exit strategies, so. You when you go in, you want to go in with, with an exit in mind. That's really really important, and you always want to have these backup plans. You know, if A fails, then B. If B fails, then C. If you don't do that, you can find yourself in a lot of trouble. And we've we've kind of talked about that in other shows as well. So yep. um, uh, after that, we've got uh, illustrate example deals, and and what's what's that all about, Brandon? Well, basically, if you're making a business
1: plan, you want to explain to whoever you're going to show this business plan to, even if it's just to yourself or your spouse, you want to explain exactly what you're doing. So give an example. I mean, I'm going to buy this house at 123 Main Street for this much. I'm going to do this to it. I'm going to sell it for this much. I mean, you want to walk people through the entire process because most people will not understand what you're talking about until you give them an example. So and then finally financials, you have to record uh, in your business plan, where are you today? And uh, what do you bring to the table? Do you have any equity? Are you starting with nothing? Do you just have education? I mean, do you have, what are you bring to the table? What's your financial outlook look like? So that's really important, not just for a bank, but for a private lender, for partners, for whatever.
0: Cool. All right. So, let's move on to assembling your team. We talked about it briefly, but there's a lot of important people that you want to have on your team. Uh, mentor is definitely a good person to have. Uh, we've talked about that already. A mortgage broker, loan broker, and that could be traditional hard money. You, you, you want to actually have relationships with, with a lot of lenders uh, and money folks, uh, private money people, uh, be, because as you start to grow your business, you're going to need uh, more cash to expand. Real estate attorney, You you gotta have a lawyer. I mean, there's, there. I'd say that's probably, probably one of the most important people you want to have on your team is a a real estate attorney, Mm -hmm. Uh, good escrow officer, title reps. Uh, You want to have a really good accountant who's going to help you through all those uh, accounting questions, tax questions. That IRS book is getting thicker and thicker every year, so you want to have a good accountant um, who understands uh, real estate investing. Uh, That's a big thing. There's non, non. Not a lot of them do. So you definitely want to have that. Um, Insurance agents. And uh, why is an insurance agent so important, Brendan? Because people like to fall down and people like to sue. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Um, Contractors. These are uh, contractors are a real pain point for a lot of investors and homeowners. So finding a good one is really, really key. uh, But when you find one, man, hold on to those contractors. Uh, Contractors are really key. Uh, Supportive friends and family. You know, it's, it's hard to go when, when everybody's telling you you're going to fail. It's hard to, to, to move on. Uh, if your family's not supporting you, it's going to be a tough time uh, being a real estate investor. So definitely make sure you've got support from your family and friends. Uh, realtor, having a great realtor is going to help you find good deals. Uh, they're going to to be out there hunting for opportunities for you because they're going to make money. So get a realtor. A property manager, property manager is going to help you manage your property. Uh, finding a good one is really difficult. And not only Uh, that, but like Brian, I think Brian Burke said, a property
1: manager actually brought him his uh, deal that made him $800,000. So property managers can not only manage your property, but they can bring you deals as well. Uh, they got a good handle on what's going on in the market. So that's huge. Uh, And then lastly, um, but definitely not leastly, (laughs) is a great handyman. Is that Uh, a real thing? Is that like soup to nuts? (laughs) I just made that up right here on the spot. And nice. I'm patenting, patenting it right now. So, nice. Trade, tra- Trademarking it? <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Oh, you get the idea. All right, so a great <laughs> handyman. Because, I mean, a contractor is important. We talked about that. But a handyman that can go over and just change a light bulb for you. I mean, I have a handyman that deals with 90% of my handyman work right now. And it was the greatest decision I ever made. Because, is that because you can't change light bulbs? Because <laughs> I don't want to change light bulbs. I oh, like podcasting. This is more there fun. There you go. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So definitely a good handyman. So um yeah, definitely. Uh Let's go on to using partners. We, we talked about that before. Um, it's definitely part of your business plan, which is why we're talking about in this section. So should you use a partner? Should you not? I mean, there's a lot of pros and cons and you can look in the UBG to read all of them. Um, but just real quickly, some of the pros are obviously you get, um, the benefit of having somebody to bounce your ideas off of. You get their money, you know, pool it together. Uh, somebody else can look at your deals and analyze them. Uh, you know, you don't have everything in the world. You're, you're not a complete puzzle. There's things that you're missing. And, uh, if you're missing a puzzle piece, maybe that other person's got it. So those are just a few of the things you can do. Um, there's also a lot of, I guess, downsides of it too, like,
0: uh, well, downsides, personality conflicts. You uh, may not get along with your partner. You guys might have differences in opinions. Uh, so, you know, trust issues potentially uh, can come up. Uh, if you have to rely on somebody else to make decisions, it can delay your decision-making. So uh, smaller profits, of course, because you're splitting uh, your deals with somebody else. Uh, Sometimes it could be dangerous to potentially split uh, mixed friendship and business, so you want to be careful of that. Expectations, responsibilities, uh, and, and, of course, uh, complexity of taxes are all yeah. kind of downsides. So here, here's uh, really quick four tips for successfully uh, partnering. Uh, tip one is don't be a jerk. Don't Brandon. be a jerk. Yes, <laughs> don't be a jerk. Learn to compromise. Yes. Yes. Talk daily. Every day. Every day. Every day. And to plan ahead. Yep. And one
1: more thing I want to add, that a partnership doesn't have to be a partner and shouldn't be, I would say, shouldn't be a partnership for your whole company. I think partnerships should be deal by deal. Um, You know, if if you do a good deal with one partner, do another deal, do another deal. You don't have to give away half of your entire life uh, to a partner, you can just do one at a time. So uh, that's pretty big. So definitely, which
0: which reminds me of something really quickly. On yeah. uh, we we had talked about mentors and gurus and stuff, and there are some gurus out there who ask for half of your deals. Speaking of half of deals, yep. um, and I I've actually heard some craziness where where uh, some of these guys are asking for half half your deals until you get to hundreds of thousands of dollars in profits. And you know, be careful when you do that, guys. I mean, you know, I I think it's okay if you you know do split deals with a mentor or a couple deals. Um, but don't sign any don't sign, you know, with blood and, and give away, you know, your your profits until you're 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 broke. I mean, you know, definitely be sure that you're you know, doing it on a limited basis. So it's just something that kind of popped in my head, but be careful.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then last thing before we move on to the next chapter, I just want to share a quote that was in the Ultimate Beginner's Guide that I love about partnerships. And we talked about family and friends maybe not making good partnerships. The quote is this it's from John D. Rockefeller. A friendship founded on business is a good deal better than a business founded on friendship. I love that
0: quote. So, is that the John D Rockefeller, the guy on Bigger Pockets, or is that the John D Rockefeller, the the big billionaire <laughs> magnate who's been dead for a while? I think that's the billionaire who's been dead for a while. Gotcha. So okay. yeah. Gotcha. 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 All right. Well, let's let's move on to chapter five. How to find investment properties. Uh, and and uh, of course we're going to look at how to profit when you buy your investment property. So, uh, what is what is that all about? I mean, you you make your money when you buy,
1: right? Correct. You make your money when you buy, and that basically means yeah, if you don't have a good deal going in, no amount of improvement to the property is going to suddenly make it a good deal. You can't just if you overpay, you might just be screwed and you can't do anything about it. So
0: definitely you make your money when you go in. Uh, don't ever forget that. Okay. So when, when you go in, you want to actually have a set of uh, selection criteria set up. Uh, you want to know what exactly you, you know your your, well, your criteria are, right? Exactly. Uh, so So things that that are going to be important could include things like uh, the town, the neighborhood, uh, the size of the property, the lot size, uh, property conditions, bedrooms, bathrooms, number of units, cap rate, cash flow, uh, potential for appreciation. Things like that. You, you. There's no one set of uh, criteria that works for everybody. You need to determine what's important for you. Uh, it's so, kind of like
1: uh, it's kind of like that box of chocolates and the nasty oh, raspberry. No, they were bringing the, it
0: all around. Ah, is... uh, the <laughs> yummy, yummy coconut. Yes, I know.
1: All right, let's move on to one of the most important things I think um, in all of this entire guide, and that is the rules. Of investment property now these are not rules as then you have to follow them or you're going to be put in detention. These are rules of thumb, meaning these are quick, easy ways to analyze a property. Is uh, that to, a real saying rules of thumb I don't know I'm making that up too right now oh uh, apparently
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: they are a rule of thumb plural so the first one that you might you may you'll see these a lot all over bigger pockets. We talk about them a lot. there's a lot of debate. you can look into them but uh, real quick, the two percent rule basically states that your monthly rent should be approximately 2% of the purchase price. In other words, if you rent, I mean if you buy a home for $100,000, it should rent for 2,000 per month. If you buy a home for 50,000, it should rent for 1,000 a month.
0: Awesome! Awesome! Two percent rule is a, a great rule, uh, followed by the fifty percent rule. Probably the the most debated thing on bigger pockets. The fifty yep. percent rule says that fifty percent of your income will be spent on expenses. Uh, this is when we're talking about rental properties, of course, uh, not including your mortgage payment. Uh, early in the podcast, here we were talking about things like uh, vacancies, property management, things like that. You know, you want to account for everything, and and so when you do, and when you account for everything. You're ultimately over the long uh, over the long haul over a period of time. You're going to end up approximating about 50% of your income being spent on your expenses. Uh, so when those capex come come up, when those you know the new roof uh, needs to be re- when the roof needs to be replaced and the boiler, and when you're not accounting for property management, you know your your numbers can, might get a little jazzed up. So if you use the 50% rule, uh, essentially. You're going to uh, be able, you're going to be assured that you're going to find a property that'll cash flow. Now, not all areas will meet the 50% rule. Again, it's a rule of thumb, but it's, it's something that will, will help you find deals that are pretty guaranteed uh, to, to cash flow. But of course, nothing is guaranteed in real estate. That's true.
1: All right, the next rule is one that's very popular with house flippers, and that's the 70% rule. It basically says that uh, you should only pay 70% of what the after repair value is minus the repair costs. So let's just say that you find a house that you know can sell for $100,000. You should only pay 70% of that, which is $70,000, minus whatever it's going to cost to fix up. So it's going to take $20,000 to fix up, uh, just take uh, 70% is seventy percent of a hundred thousand. It's seventy thousand minus the twenty thousand. You got fifty thousand. That's what you should probably pay for the property. Again, don't make your offer based entirely on this. That's just a quick way of a uh, uh, quick rule of thumb.
0: All right, where do we find investments, Brandon? I know we, we've got the MLS, the Multiple Listing Service, which you'll need a, an agent to help you with or where you can get kind of less details uh, on websites like realtor.com. Uh, you've got the newspaper, uh, word of mouth from networking, things like that. Sites like Craigslist uh, from outbound marketing. Uh, commercially, you could find things on LoopNet. Uh, so there, there's lots of places where you could find deal let, let, and let's let 's kind of get into the the entire uh the buying process so so what would be the first uh first steps in this buying process
1: All right so the first thing you do is you decide on what kind of property you want uh, number two, you decide on what criteria you want. We already covered all those uh third, you want to decide on how you're going to finance the deal four, then you begin actually looking for the property. A lot of people try to do step four first. They try to start looking and then they just get confused and overwhelmed and irritated because it's not going their way. So you got the first three down, then you find your property, whether that's on the MLS or whatever. Um, step number five is you're going to run the property through a list of criteria filters to screen out all the duds, meaning you look at 100 properties and you're probably only going to find one or two that actually is a good deal. Uh, number Step number six, you make your offer on the property. And uh, you make sure you're shopping smart and you're, um, you negotiate that, uh, which is step number seven. And then step number eight, you perform your due diligence, which means you have an inspector look it over, you get your financing arranged, I mean, like finalized. And uh, step number nine, you sign the papers, either at an attorney's office or title and escrow, and you get the keys and you own the property. So that's pretty much it for finding investment properties. Let's go on to how to pay for it.
0: Okay, so real estate financing is really important because of course if you don't know how you're going to pay for it then you know how are you going to pay for it, right? So you you're not going to have any means to to acquire pick up deals. So um, uh, ultimately there's various ways uh, by which you can finance your your deals. Okay, so so the first first way to to finance your property is, is through all cash. Uh, that's pretty obvious. You're you're using uh, cash. Uh, to to purchase the property and, and in most cases you're not actually carrying you know wads of cash you're bringing a check or certified funds but uh, you know it's it's money that, that you've got um, the next uh, means of, of, of financing is a conventional mortgage and that's kind of the, the typical mortgage that, that you hear about um, beyond that the, the next one would be something called portfolio lenders what are those
1: yeah those are i uh, I'm a big fan of portfolio lenders they're like smaller usually community banks. And they don't necessarily sell their loans up to the big mortgage companies like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. Uh, basically, they lend their own money, so they, uh, they have the gold, they make the rules. And so they, um, yeah, they can be a little bit more clever with their financing. So number four, FHA um, is a way that a lot of people, especially new newbies, get involved. Uh, basically, the FHA is a government-backed uh, loan. Uh, they insure it, and you can get a property with just 3.5% down right now, I meaning you don't need 20%. Um, 203K loans, they're part of FHA. Basically, that means you can actually borrow the money to fix up a property, which is really helpful if you want to add some value. Uh, you can okay. use...
0: Yeah, I'm I, sorry, I, I cut you off, but but you can right. use home path mortgages. It's uh, yes. another gov- government backed loan introduced by uh, Fannie Mae. You guys can find out more about that on the UBG um, owner financing. I believe Brandon talked about that earlier on the show, so we'll just skip yeah. past that. Um, hard money, hard money is financing found through private businesses or individuals for the purpose of investing in real estate. Which we um, did a whole
1: podcast on that with Ann uh, Bellamy. And Bellamy, yeah, yeah and awesome. Bellamy.
0: So. So definitely check that show out and you'll learn everything you need to know about hard money was that or you, of
1: course was that show 9 I believe? That
0: might have been show 9. You oh. are you are pointing out every darn show we've done, <laughs> aren't you? I think so. Uh, uh private money is is a uh, another option fairly similar to hard money. Uh, essentially you're getting money from from uh, lenders who are are not banks or anything like that, but they're typically uh, individuals, people you know things like that. Um Who've got cash to to lend out uh, for for deals and opportunities? Um, Home equity loans and lines of credit are are other ways of doing it, and uh, partnerships, uh, which we've already, I I believe, covered. So we'll we'll kind of skip past that. Commercial loans uh, are are typically uh, loans uh, for uh, commercial properties. Uh, So they could also be
1: they could also be a loan for your business as well, which you can then use to invest in. You know, like if you have a flipping business, you might be able to get a commercial loan for your company and then you can use that money to flip houses. So that's kind definitely of like, an option.
0: Yeah, business lines of credit and things like yeah. that. And then there's Absolutely. a bunch of other
1: there's a bunch of other ways like EIU, EIULs, life insurance, Roth IRAs. Um, there's a lot of different uh, uh, fancy ways to invest, which we don't really have time to get into, but they are pretty great. So if that's something that you're interested in, definitely uh, search bigger pockets for that. Um, yeah, all right. Yeah, cool. That's all right. Great. Let's go, on to, yeah, let's go on to Chapter 7, which is marketing. Uh, this is a big thing, uh, especially today. It's not always easy to find deals. So sometimes you have to actually go out and actually hunt them down. This chapter is on that. So uh, first of all, your greatest real estate marketing tool is yourself. I mean, you need to be an honest uh, investor. You need to have integrity. You need to be professional. So that's this is huge. a
0: big, big, big thing for me. And yeah. and I, I know we're running, but really late. But you know, I I think I have to harp on this thing. Yeah. I find so many people who go to real estate clubs, come on our site, bigger pockets, all over the web, who will straight out of lie about their experience, lie about their background because they think it's going to boost them and make them uh, look better. Uh, do not lie. Period. It is. Uh, it is. It is not cool to lie. You will get caught. You will get found out and you will look dumb and you do not want to look dumb because you will kill your business before you even start. So don't lie about who you are. Don't lie about what you're doing. Don't tell people that you got deals in all 50 states. Don't <laughs> I mean don't BS people. Seriously, tell them the truth. Be honest, be straightforward. It's okay to be a novice. Be honest. I, I you know, a lot there are there are some people, some of the gurus who are telling people to you know, kind of uh, brush up upon the truth a little bit. Don't don't do that. Do not listen to that. Your reputation is everything, and lying is a bad way to go. Your integrity is so key, and and that's kind of the next thing is integrity. Have yeah.
1: it. It is. It's it's important because yeah. I mean, you could do all the marketing you want in the world, but if people don't you know like what you who you are, you're not going to succeed. I mean, you got to market yourself first. So um, that's definitely huge. Um, networking is huge, huge in this business. It's who you know. It really is who you know. And so, so establish yourself as somebody, who, you know, that's good to know. And uh, a good way to do be that. Be
0: professional. Be professional.
1: Right. Yeah. A good way to do that is through bigger pockets. That's the first way to I mean, interact with people who are making deals happen every day. I mean, begin building your network here. Uh, you can have a website, make sure you have social media, obviously Facebook, Twitter. I mean, go get, to real estate clubs, right? Yeah, you know go to real great estate great. clubs. Yeah, just start networking yourself. Um, maybe start a blog. Uh, that's how I. I mean, not how I started, but um, I blog. I love blogging. That's why I write all the time for Bigger Pockets. I love this stuff. So, and it helps you to um, kind of establish yourself as an authority. So, uh, let's right. go on to marketing funnel, Josh. Um, I do Why don't you uh, touch on that?
0: Sure. So a funnel is think of it like a a funnel, right? I mean, so there, it's really big at the top and gets more narrow at the bottom. So you're going to send out information to a broad swath of people and eventually um, only a small amount of people are going to be responsive to to that information and uh, th- that's kind of the the broad stroke of, of what a funnel is but you know, there's different ways to market uh, whether you're sending out postcards to people who are passed through on their mortgage, uh, you're setting up 800 numbers for people to call who need help with their fore- uh, they're in foreclosure, things like that. Um, you uh, you know so there's you could send out all this information and basically only a few people are going to call you and then you know your 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 job is then to close on those leads and and to you know basically attract those people to, to work with you as an investor uh, to help them out so you, you're going to do various forms of marketing and uh, let's let's talk about those I guess the first um, one is is direct mail so d- direct mail is, is Mailing letters, sending postcards, putting things in the mail to people, and you're giving them a uh, a message that's going to attract them to call you to help them with their situation, whether they're in probate or, you know, some of the other examples I gave earlier. Um, and essentially, the key is you're trying to build awareness of your product and your service. Um, you're gonna you know repeat. You're gonna send stuff out over and over to these people. And eventually you're going to become familiar to them, and uh, they're going to come to trust you, and they're going to want to contact you
1: and direct mail you know that's that's all direct mail it's a huge area, uh, but you can also take that into the kind of the online world, the same concept, and you could advertise on Facebook or google I mean those are kind of the modern day direct mail, so definitely don't neglect that that's a huge part um, just advertising online. Uh, some people think it works great i love it so i'm uh, definitely looking to that
0: so, and there's a there's a couple ways to do it there's pay per click advertising there's yeah. there's there's cp there's all sorts of different ways to advertise and the the ultimate beginners guide really goes into it we talk about creating online ads we talk about um, you know setting up websites and landing pages so you know definitely jump back on chapter uh, 7 of the ultimate beginners guide and we've got a whole lot more information about marketing through sites and through direct mail and things like that uh, but marketing is definitely key uh, to to getting deals and opportunities which brings us to the last and final chapter the last and final that's a little bit redundant but uh, <laughs> uh, chapter eight which is real estate exit strategies and you know man so many beginner uh, investors just don't realize how important it is to have an exit strategy strategy i mean it's 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 so so key isn't it
1: it is. Um, and again, when I started, I didn't understand this and it got me into a lot, you know, a lot of stressful situations. And I got lucky and I worked my way out of them. But don't put yourself in that situation. So let's talk about a few of those. So, first of all, you can sell with a traditional, the old fashioned way. You get a real estate agent, you put it on the MLS, your agent sells the property. That's it. I mean, it's really the, the number one way people sell properties. Uh, you can also sell for sale by owner. That means you stick a sign in the yard. And uh, you hope it sells,
0: and you save you save your commission by doing that. But Correct. you know, of course, you, you know you're limited to your access on of the MLS, other agents, and things like that. So yeah. there's pros, pros and cons.
1: Yeah, they debate yeah. it all the time.
0: Yeah, uh, seller financing, which I believe we've talked about already. Yeah, it just means uh, so. you
1: own the property free and clear, and you sell it, and uh, they pay you every month instead of the bank. So it's a good way to get some passive income. Uh, lease options. We don't. We. I mean, we could spend a whole. A whole episode on lease options but basically it's like a lease somebody rents a pro- it's rent to own that's the best way to look at it it's renting to own a property um just like you rent to own furniture don't do that but same, <laughs> same, same concept unless you're uh, staging rent to own staging furniture for staging is great there you go but there if you're you going to rent to own a couch you're going to pay like three grand for that couch that costs three hundred dollars to buy
0: there you go. Yeah, that's a loan shark <laughs> kind of business. Yep, yes. yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think the the final uh, the final exit strategy is looking at a ten thirty one exchange. And, and that's uh, it's it's IR, it's an IRS thing. The, the whole ten thirty one exchange. Essentially, the bottom line is you're uh, you're selling one property, uh, you're you're acquiring another property, and the government has, has rules about how you do this. And essentially, you can uh, you can save on on taxation. Uh, if you do it following the ten thirty one rules, and there's tons of information uh, on Bigger Pockets about it,
1: and we and, are we are obviously not lawyers or accountants, so this is our uh, legal disclaimer that uh, definitely talk with your talk with your person, talk with your accountant and your lawyer, and uh, make that work. So we're not telling you to necessarily do it, uh, and that is pretty much it. I mean that that should give you everything you need to
0: know to get started. Uh, is there anything we're forgetting, Josh? Uh, you know, we, we've kind of flown through it <laughs> it was, we jammed a heck of a lot of stuff in there. Uh, this is eight chapters and I think 30,000 plus words of the ultimate beginner's guide that we just crammed into about an hour. Uh, so we definitely have skipped a lot. We've left a lot out, but here's, here's, uh, I'd say the bottom line, let's, let's kind of summarize you know, essentially, you want to uh, focus on education. You want to get out there and, and become knowledgeable. Uh, you want to choose your niches and strategies. Uh, you want to get out there and then start creating your business plan. Uh, then you want to uh, d- go out and start seeking uh, seeking your properties. Uh, you want to understand how to find properties. Uh, understand how to finance your investments. Uh, you need to get a grasp on marketing and, of course, your exit strategies. And Once you do and you've got that plan – then you can go out and take action, right? Action, action, take action, uh, and and get the ball moving and and start to uh, get your business going. Um, I do want to make another disclaimer. Yeah, you know, th- this is really an outline, guys. So you know, this beginner's guide should be really helpful to people. But again, the the, the bottom line is you've you've gotta you've gotta just you know be smart. You know, don't don't go out and, and listen to somebody who's going to tell you that they're going to make you rich. Be smart about how you do it. Be methodical about it. But don't get caught up in the whole trap of paralysis by analysis and overanalyze things. Bigger pockets. We built this site. I built the site. It's over eight years now. Uh, the goal of this site was to help people uh, to, to build their, their real estate business and to help them uh, find help, to, to help, you know, have a community of people to assist you. And that's what we're here for. So if you're new or if you're experienced, you know, come on the site, interact, get involved. And, and there's no, there is no stupid question. And that's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing about it.
1: All right, cool. Well, um, that's pretty much it. Josh, we've never, uh, I'm going to ask you the four questions real quick that we always ask everyone else. Oh, don't even (laughs) do that. Yeah. You did not expect this. All right. Question number one, what is your favorite real estate book?
0: Holy smokes. My favorite real estate book is The Bigger Pockets Ultimate Beginner's Guide.
1: <laughs> okay, I'll give that one to is you. Is that a
0: fair answer? Okay, good.
1: I will okay. give that one to you, even though I don't let most people, but I'm gonna throw in uh Rich Dead Poor Dad because everyone says that. So <laughs> all right, question number two. What is your favorite non-real estate business book? I don't read. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I haven't read a book in so many years it's not even funny. I'd say uh probably uh it, it's probably a magazine. I would say it's like the the Forbes billionaire issue that comes out uh, every year. I mean, I, you know, since I was like 17, I've been reading that thing and it's always inspired me uh to to hear success stories of entrepreneurs and things like that. So, you know, it's it's not necessarily a book, but it's kind of those little snippets that Forbes puts out all the time on the billionaires. It's it's pretty inspiring to see how people built and expanded their businesses.
1: That's good. Josh, what's your
0: hobby? Uh bigger pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Is it <laughs> No, I, I, you know, I love, I love skiing. I love windsurfing. I love spending time with my kids. Uh, I don't do enough of any of my hobbies, uh, so uh, unfortunately. But, but uh, you know, getting outside, doing doing fun stuff. I like all sports. I like watching sports, doing sports. You know hanging out with my wife, hanging out with my family is probably my best best hobby.
1: Cool. All right, and last question. You know what it is. So, uh, what sets apart? The successful investors from the non-successful investors.
0: Well, Brandon, <laughs> let me let me think about that for a moment. Um <laughs> now Sir uh, you know, I, I've watched so many thousands of people. We, we we get half a million people a month coming through Bigger Pockets in the eight plus years we've have we've had countless millions of people come through the site and I've gotten emails and, and read on the forums. I mean so many different stories. I I think the successful people have, have a couple traits. I, I think one is uh, you know, obviously they're going to go out and spend time and energy educating themselves. Uh, these are people who don't let uh, setbacks uh, kick them down. These are people who will fight, who hustle, um, who are methodical and smart in their planning, who try and build out and systematize their businesses. Uh, these are people who aren't afraid to work. You know, everybody talks about the four-hour work week and, hey, how do I cut back on the amount of time that I want to work? And it's funny, you know. Look, there's 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 great stuff in there, but but the bottom line is uh, successful people work hard. Yep. And whether it's real estate or any other business, uh, you, you know, there's no overnight successes. The people who are overnight successes have busted their butts and have worked their backsides off to, to, to get there. So... Hard, I, I think, really, hard work is there, man. I mean, it, it's got to be the, probably one of the most important traits of a success, successful person is is that uh, hard work. Great. Um, Don't take shortcuts.
1: Yeah, that that was good. All right. Well, you want to
0: uh, close us up? Uh sure. Well, that was the Bigger Pockets <laughs> podcast show eleven. Thank you for listening. Uh, we we know this was kind of a, a different way of of doing things but we really wanted to go over this uh, this ultimate beginner's guide and I think uh, you know a lot of people will find it helpful Uh, this is show 11 you can find our show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 11 if you haven't already created an account on biggerpockets you can do that at biggerpockets.com definitely jump in and get involved Uh, we've got a great uh, page at biggerpockets.com slash start here that'll get you started and tell you lots of cool stuff about the site and how to use it and uh, finally uh, if you're not following us on Facebook, definitely make sure to do that. We share lots of cool information, have cool conversations. And, and actually one more thing, uh, we're, we're getting tons of great feedback on the podcast. Uh, people are, are really enjoying it and are getting a ton of value out of it. If you are one of those people, uh, maybe you don't like this show or maybe you did not like episode two or whatever, <laughs> but overall you find the show to be really great and valuable, which it is. Um, hint. <laughs> um, <laughs> you 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 want to uh, please do us a favor. Jump on iTunes and and leave us a rating. Uh, be honest. Leave us an honest rating and leave us feedback. Tell you know tell people who go and check us out what you thought about the pod. What you think about the podcast? You know, do you think we're providing a great service to people? Let them know that. And of course, finally, um, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. It's really important. Helps us get a lot more visibility. Helps us grow and and get out there and educate more people we're you know brandon and i really we love doing this we love the show um and we love to hear back from from people about uh, what they thought so leave your comments in the show notes too that's that's great it makes us feel good and it makes our guests really feel good and they love to answer questions that you've got for them so i think that's it are have, have i covered it all i think you're good so close this out buddy
1: All right. Well, this is uh, Josh Dorkin (laughs) signing off.
0: Brandon Turner signing off. Okay, I'm Josh Dorkin signing off. No, but seriously, that I'm I am I am Josh Dorkin, aren't I? No, I'm Josh Dorkin. No, no, I am. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, take it easy. You're
1: listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors, large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place.
2: Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. There's a reason small multifamily investing is so popular in the Bigger Pockets community. With just a 3.5% down payment, you can own up to four different units.